If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, January 18th, 2024. It's a one-smoke machine show. I'm your host, Blessing, Addy A. Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim motherfucking Gettys. That feels appropriate. Yeah. You know, starting off the day a little simple because we got a big one ahead of us. Yeah, we do. A lot of shows, a lot of content, a lot of great stuff. we got an Xbox showcase coming up later. I oh, can't yeah. wait for that. It's going to be fun. What's one thing you want to see at this X- Xbox developer underscore direct? Indiana Jones. And it's already a guarantee. Oh, yeah. So we're, I'm already happy. Oh, yeah. I want, to, I want to see. I've, the, what were the four games they mentioned? So it was Indiana Jones. There was like one four X strategy game that's in there. Did they say Hellblade is in there? Mm-hmm. Okay, Hellblade. That's what I, I, I want to see something cool for Hellblade. I feel like I just are, want a release date. I don't need to see something cool. I, I mean, we're going to get a release date. something That's cool. my thing is the release date is a given. Yeah. I, want to, I want to know what's the extra pop. Can you imagine, though, if it's not? <laughs> I will walk out of the studio and go straight home. I need a release date for Hellblade. For sure. So yeah, I think for sure we're gonna get a release date. I think, like, and I think that's a very obvious thing. Mm-hmm. I think people are expecting a release date, and I think when you make a, tra- a trailer to show up at a showcase like this, all right, cool. What's the other thing? What's the other thing you're gonna show us that's gonna make us go, oh? Okay, oh, but here's the thing. Oh, Bless, oh, remember when know? they had a full live performance at the Game Awards and made this whole uh, hubbub of. Uh, of Senua's sacrifice and um, and Senua didn't make the sacrifice. They, they didn't make the sacrifice of showing us a fucking date. Well, that was before we knew about the Xbox developer and score direct. You know, like we were only a month later or so, and so it's like, oh, okay, now I, I see what you're. Cooking. Oh, that's why I see why you're. Cooking. That was the precursor. Now here's the thing: in like a month and a half, is there going to be some other show? Do they announce the Hellblade underscore direct? Where that now we're going to get the actual release date, possibly. But stop doing it. Stop yanking my chain. So, okay, you, we, you're expecting release date from Hellblade. And I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that, like, I mean, they fucking better is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, I think, I don't expect that we're going to see anything, like, unexpected. Because we kind of just expect the game to look cool. Out of Hellblade? Yeah. I, what I want to, and I was talking about this with Andy yesterday. I think my, my big um, desire coming off of Hellblade 1 would be for them to really level uh, up the combat. Mm. Add some mouse keyboard support and some of the NVIDIA ray tracing, which I think they already did, actually. Um, <laughs> but I want, I would love for them to make a trailer that is, okay, here's a gameplay trailer that is showing off all the shit that we've leveled up with combat. Like, you know, show me different abilities, mm. show me the animations, make that shit pop, and then, yeah, it can be the release date. Yeah. If, I, if I could have what I... I know, I know there's probably a n- number of other things where it's like, yeah, I don't know, story stuff, but it's Hellblade. So, so like, make it look like weird. a hype game yeah. is what you're saying. Yes. Like you want to be excited to play. I want to be excited to play Hellblade. Okay. I'm excited for the experience of Hellblade because mm-hmm. the experience of Hellblade 1 was so sick. For Hellblade 2, I'm excited for the experience already. Now, yeah, make okay. me excited for the fucking gameplay. Show me a cool puzzle. You're, you're getting me hyped. Hellblade, like one, Hellblade 1 had some cool puzzles as well. Like they had like a lot of like environmental perspective yeah. stuff where you had to like, line things up and then walk a certain way. And now all of a sudden, like reality's changed. Show me some of that stuff. Hell yeah, dude. Show me, yeah, I'm, now I'm getting excited. Good. That, see, I'm excited for for hellblade i'm excited for indiana jones i i oh, wonder how is the other thing awesome dude this could be a great show man i'm, I'm this very is awesome again it. do not expect surprises expect what they're telling us because they're telling us they got the goods yeah I'm how, how much are they gonna bring the goods though you think we see a good amount of indie what do we get 
Do we get just the trailer? Is there I gameplay? Mean, is there actual demo going on? I've not watched the previous developer direct since they did it, mm -hmm. but for the games that they said were going to show up there, I can't imagine that it was, oh, here's the trailer, all right, on to the next thing. I think yeah. if you're saying that these four games are going to be here, you have to spend some time talking about each one individually. So if, even for Indiana Jones, if it is a, let's say, a two-minute long cinematic trailer, I that that's then ha that has to be followed up with them talking about it, right, and them, like, going into it. But I also think, like, if you're going to talk about it, if you're going to get into it, we have to see gameplay then. I want gameplay. I think we're going to get gameplay. I want it so bad, and, and I don't think that that's a guarantee. I do think it's likely, yeah. like, with, with how the they're The streets are saying it. this year. Yeah. Like, the rumors are saying this year. And if it's coming out this, let's say, this fall. Then that feels right. Yeah, we, I think we got to see gameplay. We do need case. to keep in mind there is the Xbox Game Showcase in uh, June. That's right? true. Like, it's not announced yet, but we can assume that they're going to do it. And honestly... If they were like, hey, we're going to we're gonna give you the two-minute cinematic trailer, and they talk about it, and they're like, see you in summer for the gameplay showcase, I'd be like, yo, let's fucking go. Yeah, like, yeah. draw this shit out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm with you. That'd be hype as hell. They're not going to do that, though. Like, like, there's never been evidence that they'll shoot their shot that far. Because, I mean, I don't even think Summer Game Fest is, like, officially, like... Yeah, I don't know. They've said things yeah. in yet, so I feel like it's a little too early for Xbox to like make that move. But even if they just didn't give us gameplay, they're just like, yeah. "Hey, here's two minutes. <sighs> Let's talk about crazy. how excited we are to show you this game, and then talk about how it's coming out later this year, and then yeah, just hold your stuff for the summer." I think that could be hype because I'm a big fan of like summer showcase reveal. Here's the full drop. Here's everything. Play it this November. Like, yeah, yeah I dude. feel like that's fucking exciting. So, okay, real quick, I, we're not getting into this at all. Uh, the rest of the show, right? No, the direct. Let's just talk about this for a sec. What are we expecting from the release dates? Like, okay, let me ask okay. you. Let's assume we get Hellblade's yeah. release date. Do we get Indy's release date? Yes. Yeah. You I think, think so? Indiana Jones? Yeah. Yeah. A release date. Whoa. Well, uh, I think we get, at the very least, a release window. Okay. And this is me, again, listening to the streets. Yep. Because the streets are saying this year. And if, the, if it's this I, year. It's this year. I think I, that makes sense. I think. Think of Machine Games. Think about what they've been up to. It's this year. I think at the very least, you get fall 2024. That's my prediction. Okay. Yeah, I don't I know if we get a specific that. date. Date. Yeah. I think I think it's possible, but I think at the very least, fall twenty twenty four. I think twenty twenty four. Keep it okay. Fun. You know, keep it open. Give them some wiggle room to figure some things out, and also leave a little bit to announce at the Xbox Game Showcase. Have that next thing of oh, the mm. actual date. You know. Yeah, well, that's um, a good call. I like. And that. also shooting your shot with a date. I really like that. It's pretty scary at these points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Hellblade. The rumors are May. That's, that feels right. It feels right. It feels right. It feels right. Yeah, I mean, May right now is pretty open. Like, May right now is like, and like I, was, I would say spring going into summer as a, a period, is, it feels open, right? I think you're, we're bound to get games dropping um, in those months. If you are Xbox and you're trying to spread out your release cadence and you have these things that have been, like, Elblade's been gestating forever. Indiana Jones has been gestating forever. I think they're in the place where maybe they could, like, shift things around and really look at their schedule and go what's best for xbox platform and xbox game pass how can we make the spread to where we're keeping people in throughout the year i think if you're able to get hellblade sometime mid-year and then indiana jones late in the year the question is when is avowed Good how do you luck. drop avowed in there and you could have obviously you could have two big fall games avowed to me is like there's too many question marks around it like mm -hmm. i i don't i don't I feel like today we'll have a much bit clearer answer on like where that falls because I, I feel like a vow to me could be like, yo, it's coming next week or hey, you're waiting another year. Yeah, I, could, I also feel that. Yeah. I, I, next week, I don't, feel like it, I don't feel like it's that soon. Like I'd be shocked if a vow is coming out in the next four months. Mm -hmm. That feels like summer on to me. Yeah, but like it's also the thing of Subsidian. Obsidian is basically Xbox's Insomniac. They'd where they be just popping be, them out. They just be making games, man. They made Grounded and yeah. Outer Worlds. 
And um, Pentiment, man. And Pentiment. They just make games and put them out in their quality. Yeah. And so, yeah, Avowed can drop at any moment. I, I think it'd be really exciting. Here's my hope for today. Mm-hmm. Every one of the games shown has a date. And that could include a year. Okay. But I just want to, I want to know an idea, the best to their ability, an idea of when these games are hitting. Well, when we talked about it last time, the developer underscore direct for last year, the main games that they had that had there were all like 2023 games, right? Like all those games came out within the, the year. Yeah. So I, I think that's like the kind of expectation they're trying to set. set Feels with. right. You're doing a big showcase at the, at, in January as Xbox and you have all these question marks to it. I think the main four games that they announced or that they said are going to be here, I think all those are going to get at the very least 2024 window, if not some of them getting release dates. And then maybe you have one or two other things that are beyond 2024. Can we do a like fact check thing? And we, we can get into the show while well, Barrett, maybe if you could uh, look into this, it'd be helpful. Um, the games shown last year, what were they and when did they come out? Yeah. Got it. Without love, I think somebody in chat mentioned like they're pl- they've uh, they've um, said that their plan is like one f- per quarter, mm-hmm. and it'd be very interesting to see like all right, did they hit that last year? And then also, if that's the case, what are we looking at for this year? Because yeah. yeah, like I think between Avowed, Hellblade, um, fuck, I keep forgetting the two other games, Avowed, Hellblade, oh Indiana Jones, and then the strategy game <laughs> whose name I can never remember. Um, if you get one of those per quarter, that's a banger year right there. Mm-hmm. That's a really banger year, and so. Check up on that. Yeah, oxides. While you're doing that, let me tell you about today's stories, which include what's Xbox up to until Don is getting a movie and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, support us with the kind of funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad free. Watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show. For a chance to be a part of the show, submit your thoughts and opinions as YouTube Super Chats as we go. I'll ask you guys right now, when do you think these games are, are landing? What order do you think they're landing in? Let us know in the Super Chats. Mm. Housekeeping for you. We're reacting to the Xbox developer underscore direct when it goes live later today. That'll then be followed up with a live X cast featuring the entire reacts crew. That is me. That is Tim. That is Greg. That is Andy. That is snow. Michael, Michael, uh, tune in on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. We're also, uh, we're proud to announce that we've teamed up with the Indie Exchange for the ultimate spring game showcase. Uh, the game submission deadline for the mix slash KF spring showcase is February 2nd. You can head over to kindoffunny.com slash spring showcase uh, to get your game submitted. That is kindoffunny.com slash spring showcase. And then it's also on our Twitter if you want to go over there and click the link. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. It's Xbox. Uh, before we even get into it, what are the facts that were checked? Have we gotten anything yet? I, uh, give, me, give, me, give me a minute. I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm, the, I'm trying to run the show lot. and he's, Google shit. He's it's, doing a lot. It's, it's a lot. But, uh, I can tell you. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Hi-Fi Rush was uh, the, the shadow drop. I think the next thing to come out that was a part of the last year's Direct was Minecraft Legends, which was in April. Mm, April, okay. Um, and then looking at Was Redfall it, in there? Redfall wasn't there. Redfall was, what, the summer? Uh, I think it was May. Late. Let me look. Because I remember uh, it being around Tears of the Kingdom. That sounds <laughs> I remember, right. re- I think I was reviewing... Yeah. No, I was reviewing two games. May 1st. It might have been Jedi and... 
uh, or no, it might have been Jedi, and then somebody was reviewing Redfall at the same time, and I was like in a Discord with like other people that review games, and I was like, oh man, I wish I was playing Redfall. They're like, no, you don't. <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh no, because this is before we do. And I was like, oh yeah. no. And they're like, trust us, it's not good. And I was like, but like, how not good? And they're like, hey, wait and see. There was also Elder saw. Scrolls Necrom, which I'm struggling to find. Oh, June first. So we had April, May, June, and then Forza. Oh, Forza was like September. Yeah. So they're they're hitting the cadence a bit. I know last yeah. year was also a weird year because he had Starfield, which. Which yeah. is just a big kind of game. anchor around it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited. Let's talk about more things that could or could not be exciting, depending on who you are. Uh, story number one: Microsoft can now be a quote good publisher on Sony and Nintendo and PCs and Xbox, says the CEO of Microsoft. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. I hate that headline. Like just the the words being used. Well, you don't like being a good publisher. I'll be a good publisher. Be a little bit. Xbox has been oh, so naughty. I don't like Bear saying daddy. Been so na- daddy. Yeah, I don't like Bear saying daddy. <laughs> yeah, either. no, that, was, that took it too far. But hey, now, now they're going to be a good publisher. Hey, be a tell me, good Tell me more, Buster. Uh, with the acquisition of Call of Duty Maker Activision Blizzard, Microsoft can now be a good publisher, again, in quotes, across Your all daddy. platforms. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Including rival consoles, the boss of the, of the company has said. Speaking to Bloomberg, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said, quote, we love gaming. <laughs> in fact, Flight Simulator was... I don't know why we love no, gaming. No, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> we love gaming. In fact, Flight Simulator was created before even Windows, but we were number three, number four. Uh, and now with Activision, I think we have a chance of being a good publisher, quite frankly, on Sony and Nintendo and PCs and Xbox. Dope. We're excited about that. We're excited about that acquisition closing, and I'm glad we've got it through, end quote. Nadella's comments echo uh, those he's made last month when he similarly said Microsoft plans to release games across all platforms. Quote, we think that now we have the ability to do what we always set out to do, which is build great games and deliver them to folks across all platforms, which is Xbox and consoles, the PCs, and now even including mobile gaming and cloud gaming, he said at the time. This comes amid reports Microsoft plans to release some of its exclusives on the Switch and PS5. Both Tango Gameworks, uh, Hi-Fi Rush, and Rare Sea of Thieves are said to be considered launch uh, or considered for launch on Nintendo and Sony consoles after a period of exclusivity across Xbox consoles and PC. Microsoft has yet to comment on the reports. Last year, Xbox Chief Financial Officer Tim Stewart set the cat among the pigeons uh, by suggesting, "Oh, dude, it's a, it's like when you think about a cat yeah, <laughs> among pigeons, dude. Oh, it's that's going a, crazy. That is a visual. It is a visual for sure. Uh, by suggesting Microsoft plan to launch its Xbox Game Pass subscription service on rival consoles, but Xbox boss Phil Spencer denied that was the case." Stewart did, however, strongly indicate Microsoft's cross-platform publishing plans. Quote, it's a bit of a change of strategy, he said. Not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first-party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs. That means mobile devices. That means what we would have thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. Tim? Video game business has never been this interesting. Like yeah. I, when the generation first started and we got the Xbox Series S and X, we got the Switch, what's been going on already, and PlayStation 5. We talked so often about how for the first time ever, all three of the big three are going down unique paths. And there's something special about each one that's not just the software that really makes it like, oh, 
if you like this, you should probably try that. And for Xbox, if you like value, you should go Xbox. Game Pass, baby. We're investing in it. We're going to get so many experiences for you. We're going to make the barrier to entry lower than anyone, yeah. including Switch. That's the dope thing is we're going to find where you're at, and we're going to give you an, a, the ability, ability to play Xbox. And as you see them go down that path, now we're multiple years into it, and we've seen what the Switch has done for Nintendo, of Nintendo continuing to bring the fire when it comes to its first-party titles, but also now being in a better place than ever of having one console instead of a handheld and a console, and that concept working, and now just being an understood thing to the mainstream that video games can be taken with you on the go and be the same experience, right? Then PlayStation... You get it. They yeah, have their, yeah. their PlayStation Studios titles. Like they've been building this like big, big, big blockbuster experience. These are gonna be the most expensive games ever made, potentially to a detrimental, scary degree. Mm -hmm. But like that's where you're gonna get these experiences. Yeah. And then there's this new entrant to the whole thing, which is the Steam Deck, and which is portable PCs that are not the most complicated things in the world to use. Mm -hmm. They can be, but they are more and more now between the, the Raj Ally and the Lenovo, whatever the fuck it was called. Legion? Uh, the Legion, yeah. um, and then the Steam Deck, Steam Deck OLED. They're starting to iterate on these things, and when you go to a Best Buy now, you see these things. Yeah. Like They're presenting these as if they're a product that people should be interested in. I feel like all of that is turning the tide on how people think about video games and how accessible they are to play, and decisions like this are very clearly in line with what Xbox has been building this entire time. And for them to have been making all the acquisitions they have, obviously Bethesda, but now Activision, what that means of like how their hands have been tied in the sense of like, what's going to be exclusive, what's not going to be exclusive, what strategy makes sense. They have more access than they've ever had to libraries of content and to IP that they can make sequels to or reboots to or whatever it is, or talented teams that can just come up with new ideas right? Mm -hmm. And be funded correctly to do that at the right scale and scope to hit the right markets, whether that is the Game Pass market or potentially now these like handheld PC markets. And I just feel like it's very interesting to hear him talk about this, that I think it's a lot of happy accidents that led to this, but it was also really keen strategic planning that they saw the way that the industry was kind of heading. And like, I don't think that we would have necessarily thought that they'd be able to have such a such a strong position in the industry like with this path that they've taken down because we wouldn't have even known that things like the steam deck could exist yeah yeah 1000 percent. and i think it's very fascinating uh, there, was, there was a question that you brought to to, to me in, in the office side of the studio right uh either yesterday or the day before where you're like talking about the stories we see of like all the layoffs the industry crashing uh what we see of like um yeah like playstation games maybe not being as profitable as you would have thought because they cost much to make right and video games are expensive seeing all this stuff go down and the changing tides of the games industry who's going to be the one left standing and i think it's a very interesting thought experiment just of yeah like when you are i when you have i guess the the big three if i'm not counting like 10 cent and, mm -hmm. and folks like that right if i'm looking at the console manufacturers of playstation xbox nintendo yeah they are charting very different different paths in ways that I think the more different paths they can chart, maybe the more healthy it's going to be for all three of them individually. I totally agree. The fact that PlayStation is like, yeah, our thing is we're going to sell boxes. We're going to sell our play our PlayStation 5s. We're going to uh, uh, sell you on the PlayStation hardware. We're going to create this ecosystem that is focused on giving you the hardware. And yeah, we're going to make software that's going to be fucking expensive as fuck, but you're going to 
um, buy our hardware to play that software and hopefully we can get you in and get you buying multiple um, uh, multiple of these things, right? And make money that way. Nintendo does what Nintendo does and they have mm -hmm. just a fucking unique place where it's like, hey, we're Nintendo. We're going to make our weird thing. We're going to put our weird games on it and you're going to love it because we're weird as fuck. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh, yeah. But, but then, yeah, you have Xbox that is looking at things in a very holistic way and I think in a very future-looking way where I think the more they make these types of moves, the, um, the more difficult it's going to be for Xbox to just fade away. I think if Xbox continue to chart the same path as Xbox was charting, let's say, a decade ago and what the games industry was a decade ago where it is about just selling boxes, if Xbox kept chasing the PlayStation thing of, hey, let's make the best blockbuster software that's going to sell units and sell boxes, I think Xbox possibly would have been left in the dust just in the way that you know, we had the interview with Phil Spencer last year and Phil Spencer was talking about how like, yeah, we're in third place and like not much is going to change that, right? Like we're not going to make people sell PlayStation. We, by we just lost out the box games. war. Yeah, but they're fighting. But now a, they're fighting a different war. They found, and they, they're winning. They found a different lane and I think this lane is going to do well for them, especially mm -hmm. if they if they continue down this path of, hey, put Xbox where people are. You, you talk about Steam Decks, Lenovo, all, the, all these things. Yeah, like if we can have Game Pass accessible on all those, all those devices, also phones also smart tvs also if we can get game pass on somehow switch and on playstation which i think is far far down the road if that ever happens but if you're able to make that happen you're talking about a harmony in the industry that i think could benefit things right mm -hmm. i think you're, it goes back to a conversation we were having uh, i think it might have been me and andy were having about how the more the uh, the, the more the ways in which you can um I guess diversify the monetization of things, the better it's gonna be for developers and get, getting your games out there in a way that is gonna fit that type of software. Cause you look at the PlayStation strategy of, yeah, blockbuster games, right? I think that works because you have, because the, you, as PlayStation, a lot of your strategy is based around that. A lot of your strategy is, hey, we're gonna make these big old games. And you see PlayStation struggling a bit with the um, live service stuff because that's just not been their ecosystem. That's not been their strategy. Guess what? Xbox, in terms of that stuff, in terms of like putting out games like Hi-Fi, Russian Pentiment, et cetera. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, it works great because you have Game Pass to subsidize that and help um, uh, make that stuff shine and give a reason for that stuff to exist on a business side. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is fascinating. I think the idea of if Xbox ever, I, I think a lot of this from uh, Satya Nadella's comments, I think he's talking about Activision specifically of like, you want to be a good publisher on PlayStation Nintendo, obviously they're going to publish Call of Duty. And I think that's a big part of it. But looking Which at- they had it in the past on yeah. Nintendo at least, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do think that like this is the the awakening of a new era of like, games are going to be in more places than they've ever been. And that's at the very least interesting. Uh, but I think exciting. Like, I think that it's going to be really cool to see what this can do for the now multitude of brands and IP and teams that Xbox has access to. Yep, 1,000%. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of this is about the Activision thing. But holistically, looking at the comments between, um, what was it, Tim Stewart and also I think Phil Spencer and, and multiple people within Xbox, I think there are a lot of conversations within uh, within Xbox and within Microsoft of, Hey, like we are publishing games for PlayStation, Nintendo now, games being Call of Duty, Minecraft, etc. But how do we extend these to maybe other games, mm -hmm. right? Like you look at maybe the Hi-Fi Rush, yeah, rumors of Hi-Fi Rush, rumors of Sea of Thieves, and I think it is going to be a pick and choose of what's appropriate and not appropriate to publish. And I'm very fascinated to see what decisions they come down on. And I think it's important too uh, to bring up things like Ori and Cuphead that. Mm -hmm kind of different in terms of the the partnerships and how things were published but like those were xbox games that we all talked about as xbox games and then they eventually came to other consoles yeah and it was only a good thing yeah and that's the thing is i think the idea of xbox going third party 
I think is a good thing, right? Like, I think that is a thing. And I, it's tough reading, like, conversation on the internet because there's a lot of infighting, a lot of people kind of going back and forth about, uh, about all this shit. I think at the end of the day, from a consumer audience perspective, yeah, like, getting more games in more places is only going to benefit everybody, right? Like, I think the idea of... A, if we lived in a world where Zelda Breath of the Wild could somehow come to PlayStation and Xbox, I think that'd be fucking dope. I think if we lived in a world where God of War could come to other pl platforms, that'd be fucking dope. And we're already seeing that a little bit with PlayStation games coming to PC. But I think this stuff only benefits everybody because guess what? More people get to play more games. This is a way for more people to play more games. You know, like if, if uh, uh, Xbox goes down the route of getting Sea of Thieves on PlayStation, guess what? If you're somebody who only plays on Xbox or you're only able to afford an Xbox and play Sea of Thieves on Xbox, that's going to increase the player base because you know it's going to come with crossplay. And guess what? Now your friends only have a PlayStation can play with you. Um, so I think on the consumer side, this is a this is a very good thing. I think the fears come from a lot of the fears come from people probably being invested in the ecosystem to a level that you know I think might be overly invested, right? Like if play, I feel like I don't lose much as somebody who has has a console if those games go to, go to other platforms. Not everybody feels that way, and I don't it's hard for me to resonate with that i get that i i entirely get that because like yeah i i can't resonate with the people that like take it too seriously about like our team versus their team that stuff yeah i have been and i always will be a fan of exclusives like i think exclusives create identity for the consoles and i also think that the proof is in the pudding that more effort is able to be put into exclusive games to only focus on one piece of hardware and working on that hardware. And even then that doesn't always work. Uh -huh. um, but I, I enjoy that stuff that comes from a very privileged position. Like not only that I'm in, but also that I have been in for a very long time of being able to care and invest in, like I've had all three consoles for multiple generations at this point. Yeah. So it's gone are the days of me being a little kid and, really being like oh man i can't play halo that sucks because i don't have an xbox it's like i can but i get excited about exclusives and i feel like it makes a, a much more interesting industry when there are people like putting things out that they're like this is why we are the ones that you should side with and it gains market share in a, in a way that i think is really important not every game is that though mm -hmm. and i think that like not every game should be that and i feel like it really is a case-by-case -case situation of like look at the game and best serve it and the audience that you're you're trying to yeah Moving on, story number two. Until Dawn film adaptation is in the works. This is Taylor Lyles at IGN. Another well-known horror game is getting uh, the big screen treatment. This time, it's Supermassive Games' 2015 release, Until Dawn. Sony Pictures has confirmed to IGN that the movie adaptation of Until Dawn will be directed by filmmaker David F. Sandberg, who previously directed horror hits like Lights Out and Annabelle Creation, as well as DCEU films Shazam and its sequel, Theory of the Gods. Uh, yeah, Gary Doberman, who's worked on horror series including It, Annabelle, and The Nun, is doing the latest pass on the script, written by The Invitation's Blair Butler. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter first reported the news. It'll be developed by Sony Pictures, Screen Gems, as well as PlayStation Productions. Real quick, just yeah. want to say, we are not going to hate on David F. Sandberg here, okay? I understand Listen. Shazam and Shazam 2, but Animal Creation, Lights Out. This dude gets it, and he gets horror. I think that, like, the... Shazam 1, fine. Shazam 2, absolute trash. Mm -hmm. I blame the studios. I don't blame That's fair. Him. He is awesome. He has a YouTube series where he breaks down filmmaking and stuff, and like he is legit as hell. And I think that he's like the perfect person for this type yeah. of project. Very excited about this. In a world of video game adaptations left and right, Until Dawn feels ripe for that stuff because it's made for it <laughs> like yeah. that, that's the like, thing is, is what it is joey posted this in the khd slack and i replied to it of like yo now we're cooking yeah because a lot of Let's these go. video game adaptations i've been getting announced lately i'm like 
all right, we're reaching too deep in the bag. Like, do some of these games need adaptations? Like, do we need to adapt, uh, adapt everything? Until Dawn, that's fucking... Now Now we're talking. That's a game that could use an adaptation. I think that's something that's going to that's be really fun. Because it is just... It is already just a horror film, right? It is just a campy, you know, teens go to a fucking um, mansion cabin. in the woods, cabin yeah. in the woods, yeah, and and things go fucked. <laughs> like, things get really fucky. And, like, what, what are the fucking creatures called? The Wendigos? Wendigos. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've played Until Dawn. I might have to replay it for this viewing. It really fucking hit me of watching that launch trailer at the end saying uh, August 25th, 2015. Yeah. We're coming yeah. up on nine years. Yeah. Until, what the fuck? fuck dude the, yeah the wild thing is like thinking about it in that context it's it's been like a decade since until dawn and if news like this came out in 2015 when until dawn came out like they'd be talking about like a shadow colossus movie or something yeah right? like that's how long it's been since until dawn oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. for sure that game it's feels well, like it came out two years ago yeah and i mean like the it what's very interesting to me is the cast Right, because yeah. Until Dawn, one of the biggest things about it was it had a banger-ass cast, but it had one of those banger casts that was a mismatch of, like, legit bangers and, like, oh, there's soon-to-be bangers. Like, yeah. we didn't even know what we had back then. Oh, yeah, it was, you um... Know? Was Rami? Rami Malik. We yeah. had Fisher. We got, like, Jordan Fisher. We got... Jordan Fisher was in that game. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Wait, really? Wasn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Unless I'm... I'm... Joey was telling me that yesterday, and yeah. That, and, um... Yeah, sounds right. Hayden Patsonary, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, you know, Kirby, Scream Queen. Um, but she, she, I can see coming back. Rami, I can see coming back. You think so? Yeah, I mean, he does I fun like projects. Jordan like Fisher for sure would come point. back. No, they're definitely too old. Yeah. But change the story a little bit. I don't think it really. I was telling this to people earlier. All right, horny teens just become horny adults. Just in between that, they're horny college kids. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the story doesn't change at all. (laughs) Make it a 10-year reunion. Make it something else. I would love if they did something wild just for the idea of this being a choose-your-own-adventure type type of story. Like, I don't know if they're... I don't... Like... I know there have been some movies that tried the thing in the past of different... um, Yeah, like, different... um, Like... Theaters get different versions of the movie, so like people come out and they're like, "Oh, this happened." They're like, "What? No, this happened." Like the Clue movie did that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Spider Verse kind of did that, <laughs> did that. No. and I didn't like the way Spider Verse did that. Um, but I wa- I wonder if it is like a when it comes to streaming, there are there are like five different versions you can watch or something like that. I think that could be fun. So it's interesting. I feel like there's a two percent chance of any of that happening. I think yeah. they just make a movie and they put it out, and there's no narrative like choices or anything they just fucking tell us a story and that's it and i think that'll work i do think what you're talking about is very interesting and could create an extra layer of excitement around this movie and like making it feel like not just another horror movie coming to yeah. theater i mean but, like I, I i'm somebody who i didn't love uh bandersnatch uh the black mirror episode where it was choose your own adventure but if they were able to, I guess, somehow make that work for streaming, like make the theater version just one version where everybody watches it and like I don't know, whatever combination people live or die, right? But then you come home and it finally comes to streaming and it is, the uh, the marketing could be, hey, now you can make it so that any of these people live or die by making the right choices. Interesting. I think that could be really fun. And again, goes with the goes with what Until Dawn was mm-hmm. um, and capitalizes on, on top of like, hey, this is what people loved about this thing. It makes it a viral moment too. Or... They just do what we've seen happen a million times now. They go and watch the movie, mm-hmm. and they come home and just play the game. That's too. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, like people have that option too. Either way, this is fucking awesome. I'm very, very excited, excited for this. Love this. Um, I hope this is so successful <laughs> that they make a Quarry movie and continue to like just adapt <laughs> Supermassive games and give Supermassive a bunch of money because I like what Supermassive does.
Um, if you like what kind of funny does, you can make you can give us some money. Go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny, get a kind of funny membership. And when you do that, you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Snowbike Mike's Bills are a nine and a half point favorite against the Steelers, and Andy's Dallas Cowboys are a seven point favorite against the Green Bay Packers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KINDAFUNNY. New customers can just bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code KINDAFUNNY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code kind of funny hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with some super chats. We got some super chats, everybody. Remember, you can super chat during the show, and we'll get them in during the stories or towards the end of the show. Uh, right now, we got one saying, uh, call Parison from CJ Splits on. It probably was about the Xbox stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't have Paris's number. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> that, uh, that, too. Street Shadow says, you guys should check out the latest Tekken 8 trailer, Avengers Endgame Energy. Have you seen that? I have not yet. It's a pretty sick trailer. All right. If we have time towards the end of the show, maybe we'll, we'll pull Ooh, that Oh, yeah. I like that. Uh, Small says, have you seen the recent video of the PlayStation CEO? Mm-mm. No. Don't know what you're talking about. Let us know if it's interesting. Uh, and then Danny Tortellini. Uh, Tortelli. Sorry. Tortelli. <laughs> That's exactly the same thought I had, but I was like, I don't think Tim's seen, I don't think Tim's watched SpongeBob. No, I would love it. The kids would get it. My bad, guys. My bad. Just the fact that Tim pulled that out of nowhere from not watching SpongeBob makes you wonder, like, how the fuck did the word tortellini come out of your mouth? Because I'm looking at Tortelli here. Uh, Do y'all think Microsoft and Xbox will ever release their own first party developed in house version of a uh, ROG Ally slash Steam Deck? 
I, I mean, honestly, that'd be sick. I think I think that it's at this point inevitable. I don't think that it's like necessarily coming anytime soon, but I the industry is turning to those being normalized. Yeah. And why wouldn't they put one out? I'm shocked we haven't gotten just the oh no, have we? Did we ever get the streaming Xbox? Like the streaming like remember when we talked about this forever of like yeah. oh yeah, when's the Xbox gonna make just a streaming stick or a streaming box? Like yeah, we Goku? never got that. Did we never get that? I feel like we might have. Because no, wasn't it announced? It. We never got it. Huh. Or was it just reported? It was reported a bunch. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Because there's a bunch of stuff like that where I'm like, obviously there was the court hearing or the court documents yeah. where like they talk about the Xbox Pro console that's a <laughs> spherical. Um, and like I, that stuff you imagine we're going to get in the next couple of years. But yeah, like I feel like we talk about this stuff a lot and then it just never comes to fruition. But like that feels like such a slam dunk in the way that, yeah, a handheld console feels like such a slam dunk. If I had to bet, I think that Microsoft are just a little busy. and They have been a little busy in the last couple of I mean, of that's years. also fair. So I, I think that things have shifted and changed. Like, I still think we're going to get that. And I still think we're going to get uh, a handheld at some point. But I also don't think there's a rush to do that. I think there's a lot to figure out first. And it's kind of like a let them fight situation. And like they, they can come in later and just put out a product that like just works for what they need it to do. Uh, really quick, the uh, video uh, the Super Chat was talking about, about the Sony or PlayStation CEO. There's a video going around, not being reported by like uh, like outlets or anything, but uh, weird console warrior people on tw uh, Twitter posting uh, the PlayStation CEO. I think the new one um, that's mm -hmm. like coming up or has already taken over, I forget. The temporary one? The temporary one, maybe. Uh, saying that uh, while PlayStation will remain our core product, we will expand our experiences to PC, mobile, and cloud. Um, I mean, that makes sense with what they've been saying forever. Yeah. Also, I'm giving a man a call. A man with a deep voice. Oh. His name is Paris Lilly. <laughs> he DM'd me his number, so now I'm going to use it. <laughs> Point blank, period. I'm, I see everything. <laughs> Paris Lilly, how are you doing, man? No, I'm good, man. Oh yeah, how are you feeling? I know you're you're sick, uh, and so you couldn't come through uh, for a game of the year. Are you feeling better now? Yeah, I'm I'm better now. I'm probably about ninety percent at this point. Ooh, I'm yeah. Good, but yeah, I, I was losing my mind during the whole Xbox segment. I go, just, just let me comment. I know everything they're saying. Oh yeah, okay. So what do you have to say about it? Right, what's going on at Xbox? What are they doing? Um. So I mean, going going backwards to what you were talking about with all the Dev Direct stuff. So yeah, last year's Dev Direct, everything was in 2023. October was the latest release with Forza in October. Starfield was what, September. Redfall was in May. And obviously Hi-Fi Rush was a, uh, was a uh, shadow drop. Mm -hmm. But, um, but to, to just your whole point about the third party stuff, it's like, you know, Mike and I talked about that on XCast last week. And a lot of people got mad because the, cause the video got clipped out on social media. Oh, I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it's just to your point, they've been telling you this for the past few years. They're trying to take the games and bring them to where the people are versus going, hey, the people come to us mm -hmm. on, on our console. And it's what Phil Spencer said during our interview. They lost the last generation. They lost the digital age of ecosystem. So their point is, all right, if I can't convince the PlayStation person to come into the Xbox ecosystem, let me bring some of our games over to them and maybe we can get them that way. And obviously the mobile strategy, the cloud strategy and all of that, I think what you're seeing from a fan standpoint is yeah, people don't want to lose. They don't want their console to not have value anymore. 
anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the case because, like, all these games that we're about to see uh, later today, they're all going to be exclusive to Xbox. So you either got to have an Xbox console, be on the PC, or you're going to cloud stream it. They're not putting those games on PlayStation or mm-hmm. Nintendo. But to your points, live service games like A Sea of Thieves, that kind of makes sense. That game's been around six years, so it's not really hurting you if it goes to PlayStation. The Hi-Fi Rush one, if the rumor's true, would be interesting. But again, it's not a AAA game that they're bringing over there. Maybe they're saying, we could put this on Nintendo and generate more revenue. At the end of the day, this is a business. So I think at some point, we have to take our our fan emotions out of this and just look at it realistically that... If you're invested in the Xbox, if you like Game Pass and all the services that they have, they're not taking that from you. You can still enjoy that and do that. Don't worry about what's going to PlayStation or Nintendo if you're getting it on your platform as well. So that's just kind of how I see it. So it'll be interesting when they officially start talking about this stuff, which I kind of would imagine would be when they unveil their Activision plans. That would probably be the time to say, all right, here's our overall plan for our games and where where you can go play them. When do you think we get that? Is that a fiscal year thing? Is that Xbox um, game showcase in June? My guess, you want to do it before the showcase because you don't want to take up a bunch of time with the showcase. So I'm thinking March, April time. Mm -hmm. You would think they should have those plans finalized and then you just do its own separate event for that and just kind of lay it out. Hell yeah. Paris, I appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you too. Now you got my number. I got yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Love um, you, Paris. Let's play Halo sometime. I need to get back to it. Yeah, for sure. We'll awesome. talk later. All right. Peace out. Well, there you go. Love that there guy. There you go. Uh, he's, he's great. So damn good. And also, his voice is so deep. Point blank, period. <laughs> it's great. Dude. I wish great. I could do it. I we got it. We got to make a shirt. We need the point blank, it's the period, point blank shirt. period shirt. <laughs> Moving on to story number three Hogwarts Legacy is the first non Call of Duty or Rockstar game to top US sales in 15 years. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. 2023 marked the first time in 15 years that a Call of Duty or Rockstar game didn't top the annual sales charts in the United States. Hogwarts Legacy was last year's number one game based on dollar sales as opposed to unit sales, according to Matt Piscatella, executive director at research firm Circana. Rock Band was the uh, last non-Call of Duty or Rockstar game to achieve the feat back in 2008. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was at number five based on physical sales alone, as Nintendo doesn't share its digital sales data for inclusion in Circana's reports. On the hardware front, PS5 was the best-selling console last year in both unit sales or both units and dollars, following uh, followed by Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X. Um, Tim, mm-hmm. I have the top twenty for you Hit of twenty twenty three. The top twenty games looks like this. Starting at the bottom, uh, you have Minecraft. God damn, Minecraft, dude! All right, let's see if there's a surprise here. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, for me, Minecraft, I mean, not that Minecraft is a surprise. I'm surprised that, like, that it's still capable the of doing power, it. Yeah. The capability. Minecraft has been around forever. How does, how does everybody not own Minecraft already? Two years ago, G and I were at uh, Target and I saw a guy buy it a copy of Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> and I was like, this seems impossible. Like, how? How? <laughs> Goddamn. And number 19, we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, or just Mario Kart 8. I guess Deluxe. Uh, Elden Ring is above that. Above that is Street Fighter 6. Uh, then we got five. Hey, that's awesome to see. Yeah. Number 17. Number 17 yeah. for Street Fighter for a fighting game? Dude, we are living in the age of fighting games, man. It's a beautiful thing to see. Let's fucking go. Uh, Final Fantasy 6 scene is above that that seems great i know final yes. fantasy is final fantasy so like that's a big brand name but oh number 16 of they the don't year? always sell that well it's sometimes they do final fantasy 16 is the 16th selling a best selling game of the year 
meant to be. Oh, there it is. Based on Square Enix talks about, it, I would I would have thought like it's number fifty or something like that. Number sixteen. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like it, when I come it, home if, with a B if, and if my a, parents get if mad. Square Enix releases a game and it's not in the top five of the year. It's a fucking disappointment. It's a failure. And they're we're gonna, gonna shut sell down. that studio. God. Uh, uh no way. Mm-hmm. Say it. <laughs> oh no way. Say really? It. At number fifteen, above Final Fantasy sixteen, you got Dead Island two. Mm-hmm. And both, I mean, uh, there's no asterisk, and so both there's are, no asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next to Final Fantasy, physical, like both these are covering physical and digital, and so Fuck, that's funny as hell. Above that is that will be the show 23. Above that, Resident Evil 4 2023. That's yes. cool. Uh, above that, you have Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and that has an asterisk, which means uh, digital sales aren't even included, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Really crazy thing about, I mean, we said it a million times: 2D Mario freaking sells. sells. Uh, and we're going to continue to see Mario Wonder sell for many years. Above that, number 11, Starfield. And then we got the top 10 for you. Hey, th- that's another huge win, though. Uh, yeah. e- exclusive on Xbox for it to be getting number uh, 11, 11 here overall for the year. And that's not including Game Pass plays. Yeah. That's very, very impressive. At number 10, EA Sports FC. Now we get into the biggest hitters. Once you get that soccer game in there, it's like, okay, oh, okay. now all the rest of these are fucking selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, above that, number nine, you got Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor, great example of pretty much as AAA as you get multi-platform title, right? Yep. When it hits, you can get the get a number like number nine. Number nine. Above that, number eight, you got Mortal Kombat 1. Jesus. Which, uh, again, came out in September. Mm-hmm. And yeah, is above Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And we know Mortal Kombat, another sales juggernaut franchise that appeals to the mainstream in a way that most video games don't, let alone yeah. fighting games. And yeah, you want to talk about fighting games, right? Like it was Street Fighter Six. I forget the last update for sales. I think it might have been like three million or something like that. Um, but that is Street Fighter Six is Street Fighter coming back, mm-hmm. right? That is Street Fighter Five disappointing a lot of people, and Street Fighter Six being the one to be like, hey, we're back. This is Street Fighter you want. It's fucking great. We're gonna we're putting in all the TLC, modern controls, all this stuff, and it's number seventeen, which is great. But then Mortal Kombat one comes out, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it's Mortal Kombat, you know, like people are gonna fucking buy it. Um, above that, you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare two from twenty twenty two. Above that, at number crazy, seven. but like it's Call of Duty, but Call it's of, and it's like last year's last Call year's of Call of Duty, which. I think that I think it's like that every year, but it's also a testament to how mm-hmm. big Call of Duty sales are that they end up number seven of the next year. Yep. Uh, number six, you have Diablo four, and number five, you have uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And remember, that is not counting digital sales. The biggest asterisk of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's like probably half of those sales that are sitting on the table. Yeah, I would imagine that's got to be top three if they included everything. Yeah. Uh, and number four, you have Marvel Spider-Man two, and number three, yeah, Madden NFL twenty-four. I forgot Madden sells like that. God damn. And number two. Still does. You have Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, and then number one, we have Hogwarts Legacy. There you go. What a year. You get the IP. You get the multi-platform. It's going to, and you get like a a mainstream interest. That's what that recipe looks like. Like this is, these, all these numbers are crazy to think about. And like looking at these games, not too many giant surprises. I'd say Dead Island 2 is probably the one that I wouldn't have bet to be here. But Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing for us to keep in mind, right? That like there is for just video games just put man. zombies on islands <laughs> right, people like if you're trying if you're like fuck how do we make this thing th- thing sell yeah take a zombie put it on an island so interested Boom. in the zelda numbers is zelda really number one that's what i want to know <sighs> i think it's probably number three if I, I had a guess yeah i don't think so you think you think it's above call of duty i think it has mm, i think yeah, it has i think, but, it has, I think, it has I think we have the specific numbers for call of duty and hogwarts uh, they might be out there somewhere. If you have Hogwarts. no Zelda's number one, Zelda's number one. I don't know if Zelda's above Hogwarts. I'm saying 
You think Zelda's Bayonet. number one Zelda's on Zelda's number one. Yeah, because at some point they said that the digital was outselling physical. Here's so the thing. it's over double where this space is. I got That's wild. Uh, what is this article from? This article's from, oh, today. Hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got numbers. I got numbers for you. I think I got numbers for you. Hold on. Warner Brothers, I'm pulling from Polygon. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment President David Haddad told Variety earlier this month that Hogwarts Legacy sold 22 million units 22 in 2023. Mil. Okay. I don't think Zelda outsold 20. Zelda's probably not 20. But Zelda might be like, but it is not, maybe it's sold, though. It's not million, that far behind, probably. It sold 10 million in three days. Um, Zelda? Yes. And then uh, kind of similar uh, looking back at like Breath of the Wild, right? Like uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, I don't think did that quickly, that fat, like that much, that fast, but it was still pretty rapid early on. Well, that was because the Switch was brand new, yeah, right? Was, but then we got, we didn't get 17 million. Nintendo was, numbers you know. were, aren't that old if you look them up right now. Yeah. Cause and I remember then, doing the story recently. And by the time I did Zelda in review part one or part two, I think Breath of the Wild was at 31.5 million after, uh, six years. And so, yeah, I, I don't think. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I think Tears of the Kingdom probably outpaced Breath of the Wild in terms of like its first year, uh, but I don't think it hit that 22 million number. I think it'll steadily grow and yeah. get to 30 million, possibly surpass Breath of the Wild in sales after five years. But well, I'm getting there. Yeah, because what I want to know is when when did we get that Zelda number? Because like I remember we, last, it was that number that ago. I remember from Tears was 18 million. Uh, but okay. when was that? So the uh, November. In November, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom had hit 19.5 million. But as a, was that like sold up till November? Or is that just reported in November as of? June that was for the second fiscal quarter ended uh, September 30th. So that's Ooh. an entire holiday. Ooh. Ooh. Zelda might, yeah, Zelda might be number one. I'm it's telling a race. You. Here's what I want to do, everybody. We're, we're, we're clocking Hogwarts at 22 million. Yeah. We need to return to this. Next Nintendo. When Nintendo uh, puts out their next sales. Next report that has report. the updated up till now. Damn, that's fascinating. But I, either way, it's freaking close and it's amazing. And like we're talking about games selling over 20 million goddamn copies. Yeah. All of these. Again, 2023. Days. Yeah. A big year. When you look at these numbers, right? It indicates one, big IPs mm -hmm. do big things. And then also put them fucking zombies on some islands and see what happens. Because apparently people love that shit. Dead Island 2? Goddamn. Y'all love that game like that? I think Damn, that's good cool, for y'all. Good for Greg Miller. Story number four, Rocksteady founders have uh, have a new post-Suicide Squad studio. This is Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Rocksteady Studios founders Stefton Hill and Jamie Walker have established a new development studio in London called 100 Star Games, which is described as a AAA game studio startup that will consist of only 100 industry veterans and emerging talents. 100 Star Games has not been officially announced, but it is listed on the corporate data website Endel, uh, with Hill and Walker listed as directors. And according to the company's website, which appears to have gone live in October, it's hiring for open positions. 100 Star also has a profile on the Great, uh, Great Place to Work website, which indicates it has around 25 employees and describes the studio's ethos to create a small team of only 100 industry veterans and emerging talents who are committed to crafting cutting-edge gaming experiences that inspire and captivate players worldwide. It appears that, uh, or sorry, it appears that 100 Star Games founders are bringing some of their colleagues from Rocksteady with them. A handful of lead developers and director-level ex-Rocksteady employees have left the Batman Arkham Studio in recent months to join an unannounced studio, according to LinkedIn profiles um, Polygon has reviewed. Happening. It's all happening, man. More game studios are forming. Mm -hmm. They're going to be 
it's triple A independent or double A independent. They don't really give us an amount of A's, but um, <laughs> it being <laughs> Rocksteady founders is exciting. How many A's? Stay is tuned for how many A's we got here, everybody. Every time we, uh, we announce a new studio, we you, you got to give us the number of A's. You got to give yeah. Stop announcing the studio without giving us the number of A's because now I don't know. I don't know if they're making fucking Elden Ring or Celeste over there. All right, either one I'll take because you know it's Rocksteady. Yeah, it's, it's Rocksteady people coming over to do this thing. Bear, you're a big Rocksteady fan. Do you have something to say about this? Yeah, like uh, it was an inter- This is an interesting follow up after uh, they kind of uh, out of nowhere left Rocksteady. I remember us reporting on that uh, that news, um, or just talking about it on Games Daily, um, and the fact that more people are they're able to kind of get people from Rocksteady to to come over. I I really I'm bummed out by what WB uh, and and what they've done to Rocksteady as a studio. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I think this chasing of this trend that they are trying to hit with Suicide Squad. I think that there's a bit of bla- bad blood to the point where the founders of Rocksteady left uh, in the middle of them trying to ramp up for this next big game, their first game in nine years. Yeah. Uh, if you don't count the VR game, I don't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It bums me out. Yeah. I hope but I'm, I'm happy for the people who have left because hopefully they get to make something that they, that's the thing I hope. Make. I really hope they're able to make something good. And they're able I to make just, something I'm that they're proud of. It's not going to be DC properties, yeah. anymore, but I'm sure it's going to be good. And that's the thing is I'm excited to see what they do make, you know, like who knows? Like maybe they're able to, they're, I mean, they're probably, it's probably not gonna be a Batman, right? But maybe they're able to get an IP that is like a, Oh snap. All right. The people that made uh, the Batman games are making a, um, what's the what's the red guy that actually got a game that uh, not that the devil guy, the guy with horns, Hellboy, oh, Hellboy, yeah. Hellboy. Oh, but they're making a Hellboy game, right? Like maybe they find an IP like uh, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sorry, uh, I was driving someplace and I didn't get there. And yeah. I, Lizzie <laughs> McGuire, you know what I mean? A Lizzie McGuire action game. You know, I feel like Hellboy would fit for like the uh, Batman people, but also I don't know shit about Hellboy, so maybe it doesn't. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna turn on Hellboy. It's gonna be just like Lizzie McGuire, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> not what I thought. <laughs> not what I thought at all. Uh, moving on to story number five. Nearly half of surveyed game developers say their workplace is using generative AI. Uh, This is Rebecca Valentine at IGN. And this whole article is actually very fascinating. It's a longer one, but it has a lot of interesting tidbits in it. In stark contrast to a year of blockbuster video game hits, one of the biggest ongoing industry trends in 2023 was the prevalence of mass layoffs. While actual figures are are difficult to get a hold of, estimates suggest the numbers of of workers laid off in in games last year approached or exceeded 10,000. And 2024 isn't looking much better. Now, a GDC survey of developers suggests that one-third of all game developers were impacted by layoffs last year, either directly or by, or by witnessing them happen at their company. This comes from the GDC State of the Industry survey, developed in partnership with Game Developer and with analytic support from Omdia. The survey encompasses over 3,000 game developers and covers numerous topics, including platforms of interest, demographics, questions about emerging tech, and more. In 2023, it also asked about layoffs. Uh, 35% of developers uh, said their company had been impacted by layoffs in 2023, and 7% were laid off themselves. Layoffs appeared to most dramatically impact the quality assurance uh, sector, with 22% of QA workers saying they were laid off. Looking ahead, over half of developers surveyed said they were at least a little bit concerned that their company would have layoffs in the next 12 months. Notably, the percentage of workers surveyed in favor of unionization also went up 57% this year compared to 53% last year. Another challenging topic covered by the survey was the issue of generative AI. 
49% of developers said that generative AI was being used in the workplace in some capacity, while 23% said they had no interest in generative AI at all. Interestingly, more indie devs, 37%, said they were using generative AI in their work, whereas only 22% of AAA and AA devs said they were using it. Just over half of developers said their company had a policy of some kind on the use of generative AI, but AAA companies were also more than likely, uh, more likely than indie studios to have those policies, especially when it came to restricting the technology's use. One-fifth, that is 21% of AAA developers said their companies have banned the use of such tools compared to 9% of indie developers. Almost all de developers had at least some concern about ethics of generative AI. It is 84%. As for blockchain, uh, that's so last year. Interest was on the decline, with 77% of developers saying the studio had no interest in it and only 2% reporting they were using it currently. On a more positive note, it sounds like there's already some buzz around the Nintendo Switch 2, whatever that turns out to be. 8% of developers said they were currently developing games for a Nintendo Switch successor, and 32% of developers said uh, that developing for the platform was interesting to them. That interest level is especially notable given that it was the third most intriguing platform for developers this year behind PC and PS5 and uh, was of interest to more developers than the current Switch, which only 25% of developers said was on their radar. A lot of numbers, but all of them really interesting. Very, very much so. I, I feel like there's a much bigger conversation for us to, to have here about some of the last bits here specifically, but like going back to what I was saying earlier about how the, the Steam Deck and, and um, similar devices are kind of like really gaining a, a foothold in the market share uh, for, for games, the Switch obviously kind of leading that charge for thinking about games that way. Mm. Uh, with the Switch 2 coming, like it's going to be really interesting how much more powerful it is and like where the, the power parity ends up, uh, where we're already seeing AAA games running on these systems. Maybe not for that long, and maybe there's like some workarounds and hacks that have to, to happen in order for it to, to make sense. But when you look at Xbox and everything we just talked about earlier, I wonder like what the, the, the minimum viable um, development process is going to be for games to just run on whatever the Switch 2 is in mm -hmm. addition to these other handheld devices. And there's just so much potential for success there of getting your games out to more people than ever before, yeah. right? And when you look at the numbers that they're talking about, about 32% developers said that... Uh, they're interested in developing and 8% are already doing it. It's like, I don't know. It starts painting a picture to me that I'm like, damn, like we already assume we're going to get that thing uh, this year, but it's going to be really exciting to see how the switch to, obviously I'm excited for the switch to from a Nintendo perspective of, I want a new Nintendo. I want new Nintendo games, mm -hmm. how the switch to fits into the video game industry. Yeah. Going forward, I think is more interesting than Nintendo's been in a long time. Yeah. I find the blockchain slash uh, generative AI stuff fascinating just for one, the fall of blockchain, who could have saw it coming, right? Like that was one where, where like we talked about it for a year and we're like, oh man, this seems bad. Oh man, nobody likes this thing. And then yeah, the, to see such a big drop off of interest from the technology, like one, thank God. But then also I, it's that thing where you always have to switch out for something else, right? All right, cool. Blockchain's gone all. Oh, thank Oh man, now generative AI is the thing. Um, and generative AI, I think, has a lot more staying power <laughs> than I, the blockchain. I think stuff. that it's it's like I, there are similarities in the conversations around them. I yeah. think that we can't talk about them as oh, this is the new VAT because yeah. they're so different. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Blockchain being mainly like how there's ways to make money, whereas the generative AI stuff you is can more see, save money, but then also make money. And that's the thing is that's why I say it has more staying power, right? Is I think mm -hmm. there are more applicable uh, circumstances to where like. I, 
generative AI, I think the fear more so is it replacing jobs and stealing art and stealing assets from from people. I think those are the two main things, and that's the th those are the things that we're gonna have to grapple with um, and are gonna be the big talking points slash issues of the industry for the next few years, if not maybe forever. But it's also the thing of it's not inherently controversial in the way that I think blockchain and um, NFTs and all that stuff were, right? Because with AI, like I think there could be a lot of good um, applications to it, but it is about finding those applications. And like also to the thing of, you know, most of these developers saying, oh yeah, like it's being used in some way in, um, uh, in our work, right? Like I don't, I think it's just a tough thing of trying to communicate what are the good good and bad aspects of these things? How do we make sure that we're leaning on the good as opposed to the bad, right? How do we make sure that we're not fucking, you know, making uh, uh, or creating voice lines like what the finals is doing, right? Or creating pieces of art like um, uh, the Foam Stars is doing, um, but making sure that it's being done, being used in a way that is, okay, cool. We're not fucking, we're not stealing from people and also we're not eliminating people's jobs with it. Yeah. Different conversations. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this all shakes out. But it's it's going to be treacherous. Yeah, it's going to be like it's going to be a wild time. Uh, yeah, it's the numbers that we're tying here. I don't think any of the the bad numbers here are going to go down. I think they're just going to go up, yeah. which is sad as fuck. Well, Tim, that was a lot of big news we just mm -hmm. talked about. But if I wanted something smaller, say the tiniest news I needed to know about, where would I go? The Wii News Channel, where we cover all the small news items you need to know about. Oh, we got an, we got a video as are those the fucking Oompa Loompas? It's an Oompa Loompa. What do the Oompa? You grant us an Oompa Loompa, dude. Oh He's God. doing the dance. Let man. me tell you, you're gonna have to get rid of those Oompa Loompas in a second because we got some sad news coming up. But starting off, responding to uh, the Rockstar versus Remedy logo filing, uh, Remedy rep told reporter Steven Totillo, uh, "Quote: There is nothing to see here. This was a discussion between our teams that was resolved entirely and amicably late last year. The legal filing was simply an initial formality, and Remedy and Take Two continue to work together in partnership." So there, there you go. go everyone. Yeah. The problem came through and the problem mm -hmm. was solved. Uh, some sad news for you. Lords of the Fallen developer CI Games has laid off 10% of its staff to preserve business strength and stability. And then also Behavior Interactive, uh, who makes Dead by Daylight, reportedly laid off 45 people at its Montreal office. I don't know why I said Montreal like that. Uh, more news for you, though. Uh, this is from via IGN. Potentially dangerous accessibility features present in the Tekken 8 demo will be removed both there and in the full game, seemingly by launch on the January 26th. I don't know if you saw this going around. No. Basically, they had like a accessibility thing for people who suffer with like colorblindness or certain types of conditions where it's like yeah. I can't like see certain things. And so like they made like these outlines of the characters that were like basically like vertical and horizontal lines all in black and white. And when you see it, it's like, oh, this is really cool and, and very useful for a certain type of person. But people start reporting that like, oh no, this is causing me like epileptic seizures yeah. type situation. And so I think it's probably something where it's like, hey, we just got to go back and fix it and then re-implement it in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's them trying to do something good, but then it backfiring and not, yep. yeah, it wasn't fully cooked. Rough. Uh, moving on, an unannounced Ubisoft game, Captain Laserhawk Niji Warrior has been raided by Peggy. Hell yeah, dude. Let's go. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown is out today for PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Play it. And then Helldivers 2 has gone gold. Hell yeah, good for them. Good for them. That's it. We do have News. a couple super chats though, boys, oh. remaining here. Uh, we got uh, Street Shadow uh, following up saying, just to clarify, there is no PlayStation CEO yet. There's an interim one who more than likely won't make a decision that the incoming person will have to adopt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Dear Sixlet says, I'm pretty sure Nintendo stated that they ran out of digital codes for Zelda at one point. You couldn't get it digitally for a moment. It, what? That's not how that works. 
I mean, you couldn't get hold on. <laughs> you couldn't get Zelda digitally for a codes are weird. There is weird shit, but I don't remember this. But like, why don't you just go to the eShop and buy it? There's like it's a back end thing. It's like code you can't just have unlimited codes. Greg what? dug into this years ago and like what? there is no way. Yeah, Greg Greg has you're, more information. You're telling like, me Nintendo ran out of Zeldas on it, their own store? It makes sense for like the review like kind of period where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, we gotta like mm-hmm. uh, set aside these amount of codes uh, to get it out to reviewers, so we do, we have a limited amount um, in like the pre-launch and all that stuff. But yeah, how do you run out of codes? Like her- somebody just said uh, in the chat, and the, the name went by. So sorry, but uh, what's up, Herbie? Was there name? Go for it. No, I well, I, I, I'll, you say it because oh. I already lost with count. Oh. <laughs> they, uh, that uh, it was the digital. They're talking about the digital codes that were sold at stores. That those were yeah, those ran out. But my uh, thing is, why don't those people go to the eShop? Unless maybe it's a certain country. If you if you if you live in a country where you need to buy, maybe the physical maybe codes. like I don't know, like for tax stuff or whatever of like buying stuff like on the the switch because I know they like implement like the sales tax of like wherever. Yeah. Hmm. Listen, I made a I made a tweet years ago. <laughs> I still oh, find God. funny to this. Yeah, it, was, it was one of those things where I said something dumb on purpose because I just thought it was uh-huh. funny. But like, I still stand by it. Of, you know, how do we run out of space, like computer space, mm-hmm. like di- like storage, digital storage? It's not real. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's <laughs> fucking right, dude. Right. It's, hey, not hey, hey. it's not a thing. Like, just give me more zeros and ones. Yeah, but like, <laughs> Am I like? <laughs> How are we going to run out of this made-up thing that we made up? <laughs> that's like, I, I know like, that's not how it works. But if you have a piece of paper, you can only color what's there. And then it runs out. You know what I mean? You can't color on top of it. So it's but like, paper's real, Tim. When I export a PNG, Tim, where does it physically go? Nowhere. Because it's a fucking file that lives in the air in space. It's beyond time no, and space. No, it's being written to a hard drive. How are you running out of Zelda's on your own digital <laughs> shop? <laughs> Just... Pump out more Zelda's, god damn it. Oh, I love it. I fucking love it. God damn. I know that's not how it works. I'm joking. People, you know, calm down. But also, but also, also think about it though. It's fucking, yeah, god damn. I'm thinking it's, they're it. not NFTs. Like, it's not like one of them exists. It's unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep pumping them out. It's Zelda. There's a conspiracy going on. Bless is about to crack. Oh, God. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. You write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Um, all right. We covered that. <laughs> Cheyenne got me here. Cheyenne writes in and says, funnily enough, Dead Island 2 is not set on an island. It mm-hmm. is set on Los Angeles. Yeah. And so I take it back. If you want to make a hit, take some zombies, put them in L.A. Crispy's saying this is like when Tim thought golf was a conspiracy theory. Bless, hear me out on this. Hear me the fuck out on this. Mean? How is a hole in one hole in one possible? How? How? I mean, people rarely get hole in ones, but the they do. But like, it's very. How rare. has that ever happened? It's, very it's not rare. rare enough for how crazy it is, dude. I mean, they're really good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're but like, really that's, good at their thing. That is just insane to think about, like, man. It's people that have like trained on, oh man, okay, there's a wind trajectory and uh-huh. I know the weight of the ball and yeah. my iron, my five iron or yeah. whatever. And like, you know, they hit it and cool, I get it. they're calculating everything. It's you like shoot a three, uh, a three pointer, yeah. right? Uh-huh. You shoot a half court like buzzer beater. Yeah. All right. And that's like, wow, that was impressive. But like, we could accidentally do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Hole in we one? Could, we could accidentally get an old one. Fuck you. But nobody, no. But, 3,000 feet away. Cause, there's cause trees. There's, a there's sand there's a traps. There's no, but nobody, I don't know. Land, but like, sea, I don't, snakes. 
I don't think people are like purposely getting like obviously like and they're not getting get holes it. in ones on like par fives and shit. It's like a par three. It's usually like a a, a shorter uh, length. That's the thing like, is like I think every, I think and the hole ninety ninety eight percent of hole in ones are luck. Like it's like, like you're not purposely getting a hole in one. I think that's yeah. the whole thing. Is like when it happens, it's like well, I just think there's more elements to help you more likely get a hole in one than there is like trying to get like not even a half a uh, court shot like, like a, full, a court. full court shot you know there's yeah like wind but then there's also if you're familiar with the like the the course itself it's like all right well i know there's a little bit uh, of like a slope on the green are here. you telling me that you think getting a hole in one is easier than getting a, ha- a full no court i'm okay. not saying i'm not saying it's easier I th- i'm saying that there's more elements to try to like mess around with to help your hand a little bit that's all i'm saying you should go golfing i think it's all fake Every hole-in-one ever recorded, not real. I'm glad you said that after I said the computer space thing, because mm-hmm. that's way more crazy than mm-hmm. what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's way more insane than what I said. Uh, what other year wrongs do we have? Let's see. Uh, WB also announced that Hogwarts Legacy was the highest-selling new release back in November, just after we got the 19.5 million sales uh, update for tiers in September. Uh, for clarification, the, and this is from Kebabs, for clarification, the Captain Laserhawk game may be released or maybe related to Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, the TV show. Oh, yeah, I think we assumed that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's not you're wrong. And then Kebab says, according to my quick Google search, as of 2021, uh, there have been five hole-in-ones uh, scored on a hole with a par five. Which is, that, that's like wild. Yeah. I mean, that, it's a par five. Like, I'm surprised that there's one, let alone five. Yeah, that's some uh, happy Gilmore shit right there. That's what I'm saying. Also, notice hey, how don't believe it. there are Thank no you're wrongs everyone. about what I was talking about with memory. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. Right. Like, why is this phone? No, you're wrong about this golf thing. Think about it. Why is this phone 80 gigs? Just make it fucking 5,000. It's 80 gigs? Yeah, it's an 80 gig phone. That's weird as shit. Yeah? Is it? Maybe Idiot? I might have it wrong. Maybe what a weird number. It might be 100. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I don't download enough stuff to like get, get to it. Um, but I don't care. Why isn't it a 10 million gigs? You know, like where the fuck is it going? When, where I, the download, gigs at, when I download an app, my phone doesn't get bigger. It doesn't balloon. It just goes somewhere. All right, let's stop. Let, we, we're, this is where we leave. This is where we end. This has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every day, <laughs> we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and on podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, support us with the kind of fun, funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all our shows ad free, uh, watch us record them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Of course, I've been blessing. That's been Tim. Game Daily. <laughs>